Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is Business Women Australia podcast, featuring industry leaders who bring their wealth of expertise from diverse areas to help you build a successful business. Now, onto the show. Welcome to another episode of Business Women Australia podcast. I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cross. Now, my guest today says choose the life that you want and deserve, not the life that others choose for you. Joining me on today's show is Michelle Pascoe. Now, in 1994, Michelle founded one of Australia's most respected training companies, Optimum Operating Procedures and Services Propriety Limited, Oops, what a great name. Oops is now a thriving provider of service benchmarking, team training, and leadership development. Now, Michelle combines her extensive experience and specialist knowledge with an absolute commitment to igniting the potential in each and every individual in a multi-generational workplace. And she shares her expertise in her online coaching program for women startups, the hospitality industry, as well as business leaders. Now, on today's show, Michelle's going to share how to have conversations that show empathy and compassion, why changing your mindset will have you discovering the zone of exceptional service and how to handle constant change while still being consistent. So welcome to the show, Michelle. Excellent. Thank you so much, Anne-Marie, for having me on the podcast today. And hello to all your listeners out there. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, what you're sharing today is so important. I mean, all business development and all of the things that you're going to talk about is is important, but especially now when leaders of businesses are so well challenged because of circumstances beyond their control. So that adds an even new layer of complexity to to the leadership and what they need to, to deal with. Yes? Certainly does. And it's not only, you know, what's happening outside of our control, but also what can we control within our businesses when it comes to our customers, our own mindset and our teams that are there. Yeah, that's a great way to put it too, because so often we can look at external uh, aspects and it may seem out of our control and to a degree it may be, but then we need to look at our and well, what can we do that can perhaps streamline, that can perhaps not um, impact, if you will, so greatly our organisation, our team and, and so forth. But let's just dive in uh, to conversations so important that show empathy and compassion particularly if you're a leader that is under a lot of uh well you know there is uncertainty and so forth but it's so important that we have these conversations that have empathy and compassion share a little bit more about this Excellent. Thank you. Well, I always believe in the spoken word is the best thing because when you speak to somebody, you're connecting with them. The Hopefully, even if it's over Zoom, we can see each other, our eyes, our tone and our voice and our expression. And when it comes to empathy, that is so important during this time. And you're right, Anne-Marie, you know, we've, we've got so many things happening outside, whether you're directly um 
affected by COVID, if you're in this bubble in parts of New South Wales where I am or in other states here in Australia or anywhere in the world, the impact that it is having on us as leaders, we have to therefore look at how do we, how do we reflect onto our team? How do we reflect onto our customers and even suppliers and contractors through the behaviours and the actions that we take, that we model, that they look at us and look up to us for guidance. And that comes through communication. It's how we talk to people. And I think if nothing else this is showing us more and more each day is for a leader to show that they that they are vulnerable, that they, you know, they're seeking out help from their team about, well, how do we go forward? How are the best ways to approach our customers during these really, you know, we had a little bit of forewarning last year and we'd gone through it, but now again this year, some of us may have already put some systems and processes in place. But when it comes to conversations, the empathy point is, is so critical because we can say something to somebody, but it's how we say it. And during this time, like no other, is we've got to understand that behind every conversation, whether it's over the telephone, through email, on Zoom, or even the person you can't see that's just a click on your online store, there is a real person behind that that has got feelings and emotions. And we have no idea what they're going through, as well as they don't know what you're going through. So your customers, but particularly your team, are looking upon you to have those actions and behaviours and that conversation that you're having with them that models their behaviour in how then they have that conversation and being empathetic to, to others around them, which is just so critical at this time. Yeah, so true. You know, you talked about um, having a, a level of vulnerability as a leader and I've heard many conversations that have really validated the importance of that. I'd love you to speak a little bit into that, if you would, because sometimes you see as leaders or we assume as leaders that we have to have all of the answers and to show anything else to our team or our community um, would be seen as, as being less than, if you will. However, I think we've got into a stage, I know for me as a, as a consumer, that I'm okay if the leader says, look, we're working on that. We don't have an answer yet. But as soon as we do, as long as there's open communication, as long as they don't tell a mistruth, because I would suspect that more about this because it's the mistruths and the things that we do to try and cover over certain things that creates a whole aspects, aspect of mistrust so that when you do have something that you want to share, there's almost like this environment, well, is this trustworthy? Do I trust this leader? Speak a bit more about this because it's so important in, in what, you know, we're, we're experiencing today. It is, it is. And look, you're, you're so right. You know, if people try to bluff their way through or say something that may or may not be true, we see through that more so than ever we hear about you know being authentic in our business being authentic with our teams and our customers and it doesn't matter whether it's from a government official um, a local council person somebody in the shop or or even your neighbor you're expecting truth from them and at times as leaders we may not even know the right answer because we don't have the information all we can act upon and share is the information that we have in front of us at that time 
So to me, you know, when when COVID first hit, I know, you know, this second time as well as the last time, well, that first time, it seems like I know you down in Victoria had multiple times. Which is time. Yeah, which time? Well, just so that, well, that, that particular yeah. time, it just, it just goes across all, all times, doesn't it? Is that you have to get in front of your team straight away. I truly believe that you do not want to allow your team or customers to interpret what is happening in your business. You need to lead on that front foot. Be authentic, yes, even if you don't have all the information there, at least get out there and speak to them. I know particularly with a number of my clients in the hospitality industry, you know, as soon as those team members who weren't rostered on a shift were back at home and hearing about, well, the venues were going to be closing within a number of hours, the fear was, oh, my goodness, how am I going to pay for the rent and the food, etc. But those CEOs got out there on the front foot, connected with them straight away, called them up, see if they could come in, had a conversation with them on the phone. But those that were in the venues actually stopped work, got them together and said, this is what we're putting forward. Do not fear. This is what I've got planned for you. You know, um, it, it's going to take us maybe a few hours or maybe 24 hours to get these in place for, for wages, for what we're going to do with distribution, with food, etc. But they were able to get in front of their team straight away. And that's where I feel that being honest with your team and going, I may not have all the right answers now, but I don't want others to interpret what's going to happen in my business if I don't get to my team. And, and even my own staff, you know, um, I've got a number of employees, certainly a lot less you know, this time, you know, last year when it first happened, I had to terminate 70 employees, you know, via email, which was absolutely heartbreaking. You know, I don't have as big a team now, but I still have a team. And as soon as we knew we were doing this, you know, those feelers went out. I connected them with them straight on email, SMS message. Just this is what we've got, you know, planned for you. This is where you can look for, you know, more government information informing them as much as I could, but letting them know these are the steps that I was taking and therefore, you know, and, and I'm going to keep you in the loop. The same goes for your customers. You can't allow them to interpret what's happening with your business. So, you know, it's emailing them directly. It may be sending them an SMS for a number of us. That's what we do with, you know, some of our clients. We've got that information. Putting information up there on your website, on your counter, whatever it might be, but you be in control of that information because then it's coming from you. And I just feel that that can then, you know, your customers, your team will look upon it and go, well, thank you for, for thinking about us and letting us know straight away without us wandering around and, and just taking, you know, ideas and thoughts from a whole lot of other people. That's right. They will search for that or they'll, they will start up their own narrative and you want to maintain the correct narrative. One of the things that I'm hoping that businesses around the world, particularly in Australia, have, and this is just a lesson for all of us, if something happens in a certain part of the world or a certain part of the country, please do not assume that it will never impact you because one of the things that I was quite surprised of or about was when Sydney did go into more of a lockdown and so many businesses scrambled where I'd seen counterparts or businesses in Victoria 
already have had to navigate through that. But what it's also shown me, and, and I'm hoping others as well, is you need to make sure that you have the communication channels that your company owns or managers do not rely on third party, whether it be the media, whether it be social media platforms, because those platforms are owned by other parties and they can um, manipulate your yes. message or they can shut you down. And so, you know, you said you had a number of different ways that you can communicate to your team. And I think as businesses, we need to make sure that do we have communication channels that we can immediately, if we need to, be able to connect and bring it in such a way that uh, our customers, our, our team member, do feel the empathy and compassion that we want to relay to them, yes? Look, definitely. Um, I use uh, an app and some, you know, I don't know whether you've used it in the past, Emery, but Bonjoro. And I found it was really great because last week I've got a number of clients out there, you know, and I know that they're flat out dealing with their teams and some of them have got hundreds of staff. So the last thing they want to do is be interrupted by me on the phone. And I just didn't want to add another long you know paragraph after paragraph email so i got onto bonjour just for two for two minutes and i had my coffee in the morning and a half-eaten monte carlo because i'm well known for ordering my half strength latte with my clients and sitting down there and chatting with them for hours on end so i just said you know i'm bringing my morning tea with me and to share it with you just checking in with them and it, two minutes, and they loved it, you know, and a number of them wrote back and said, oh, my gosh, you know, thank you so much for reaching out. And honestly, love the idea that you're there for us to chat, but we are helter-skelter, so appreciate the, the bonjour, and, but we also didn't have to take that phone call because we know we chat on for a lot longer. But just that quick little connection, and it was my heartfelt, you know, thoughts going out to them. They could, they could see it in my eyes. They could tell, me, tell it in my voice that we were able to do that and they could open that up whenever it suited them. So, you know, they didn't have to open up straight away. It wasn't as though they're having to connect with a Zoom call. So, yeah, you know what? It took me probably an hour, an hour and a half to do it, but the impact that it had not only on my clients but on me because I felt I was able to connect with them made a really big difference about how I was feeling also about my business to yes. do that and then and then I'll be doing that with my team because I don't always I you know we're all in different parts so just little things like that is how to connect but you know when you were talking about um you know Victoria had that opportunity to really look at at the supply chain that's what I think we've really got to think about in the future and when we go into a bit more detail here about you know where um you know that customer service comes into it Thinking about our supply chain is really critical. Yeah. Well, let's dive into changing our mindset and how that's important because it will help us to discover what you call the zone of exceptional service. Let's dive into this. Cool. So, look, to me it is thinking about what else can we do and for many of your listeners, they may have been doing the same processes and systems for quite a while that have always worked and they've had that same ideal customer and that same connection. But now the world has turned hybrid and that is the, the sense of not only for Zoom calls but the connection of we have the customer who may still be coming to see us face to face but we also now have created an opportunity for customers to come through the web. Mm. And 
when we get to start talking to that person across the counter, we found after COVID finished and then we had that time out that we were forgetting. Many people I spoke to were forgetting about those people that were inside this computer that we were so used to talking to all the time when we didn't have that front-facing customer. And so we've got to think about how do we change our mindset that looks after these people that are on the click and collect or the online purchasing as well as that person who's in front of us. And that's where we also have to change our mindset of not only ourselves as leaders but also of our team because, you know, people get caught up with the day-to-day rituals that they have to do within their business but at times we are losing this connection that we built so hard to work for you know, during the downtime, or when I say downtime, during that lack of connection with our uh, customers who are face-to-face, that we need to keep thinking about them because this is a way that so many people now will connect with your business going forward. I don't know about you, Anne-Marie, but I was never one for online shopping. I I sort of dabbled on it with a, a couple of things, but holy moly. Now I just love that online shopping and it's not just for shoes and handbags or cushions. Yesterday yesterday I was um, through lunch. I caught up on some videos from a a YouTuber that I that are in Canada, and she was going through her office. I love those, you know. Oh, what have they got? The sticky bits, by you know, the fly on the wall. And uh, she had a a mat which she had for a sit stand desk, which I have, and it's um, a fatigue. It's a mat that stops fatigue. And then she had a TikTok chair. Well, there I was on on Google, found it in the local office works, which I could have gone to today, by the way, but I ordered it yesterday. I've got the mat here and the TikTok chair will probably be outside my uh, front door. Simple as that. It yeah. is. Not dangerous, though, because at a click of a button, all of a sudden all the orders are coming to the front door and you don't have to leave home, but Fantastic. And it is good, but you still have that option, as you correctly said, Amory. You could have gone down to Officeworks and purchased it, and that's where we've got to think about our team. Where, what areas are we putting them in? Because a lot of them, particularly frontline team members, really enjoy that experience of that face-to-face contact. Particularly when it's a nice customer, when it's a you know one of those customers you like to you know wish they were behind the screen. So not all of them want to be just online either so you've got to have those discussions with your team once again those really honest conversations and uh, and changing their mindset that that customer online is just as important and they've got to have that same amazing experience as that customer would if they were in face to face because it's behind that click is somebody with feelings somebody with emotions and it's important that we make a strong connection with them and the biggest thing that we've found in changing our mindset and creating that and discovering that zone of exceptional service is what happens when they've got an issue so if a face-to-face customer comes into your business or rings you up on the telephone you can deal with them I don't know about you Anne-Marie but have you ever tried to contact a business that you have done some business online and actually physically get a person? Mm, I don't think so, no. It's hard and it's not just big organisations. It is even small business and they must think, you know, nothing's worse than putting an inquiry form or if you've got an issue, let us know and that just goes out to the ether 
Yeah. It's that client forever. So when you talk about discovering that zone of exceptional service, it's not just from your first contact that you have with your prospective customers. You create those expectations. They come into your business no matter in, in what format. You provide this amazing experience, this service, this product, but it's the after sales. And that doesn't mean that you're ringing up every single person that, you know, has bought a 50 cent product from you. But it does mean it doesn't matter what the value of that product or service is, is that they have some form of way of communicating. And that's not just responding to your, aren't we fantastic? Will you give us a Google review or, you know, fill out the survey that we delete? It's about how's the best way if they've got a question, you know, because a lot of complaints are usually just really simple questions. People aren't asking for anything free. They just want to know something really simple that to you may be that really dumb question, but to a customer, it's hard. You know, I remember when I started my business back in 1994, I got one of the very first, these massive big computer, Amory, and I wanted to space out my lines by one and a half spacing or double. Do you think I could work out how that was? I tried and tried for ages. Didn't have Google, so you couldn't, you know, go onto YouTube to find out. So I rang up the store and I asked. Now, I had just spent $10,000 on this computer and it wasn't anything switched, you know. Today you can probably buy it for 500 bucks. And you know what that man did when I asked? He laughed at me. Oh, he told people behind him, what an idiot. Literally, what an idiot this woman is. Can't even work out how to do the spacing. I have never, ever walked back into that store. And over 27 years, you can imagine the amount of technology. Yes. Oh, my goodness. But it was just, I'm thinking, so bring that into today's world where I can't ring you because you don't have a phone number, then please give me a way that I can ask a question. Now, chatbots, I know a lot of people love them, but in my uh, my association with the mystery shopping providers around the world, what we're finding is a, is a hybrid combination of a chatbot who will answer the question if it is asked the way that you created the answer to, but also having a human behind it. That yes. when that chatbot doesn't respond or doesn't give them the correct answer, don't wait for that customer to get irate and upset about you and, you know, perhaps do a bad review. But that's not about the bad reviews. It's about making a connection with that customer. Then that human element needs to come in. Yeah. I mean, everything that you're talking about now is such a great reminder for us as businesses that when we think about the customer journey, the buyer's journey, it does not just stop when a customer has made that purchase. In no. fact, even more important to make sure that everything following that is streamlined, that you are validating that, yes, they've made the right decision to make a purchase, even if there is something wrong with the purchase. I remember years ago I bought something off eBay and when I received the product, the um, there was something, the, the, the plug was not the right you know, fitting. And when I rang the, the gentleman um, or, or messaged him, I should say, not only did I get a replacement, he sent something else as well that it just wailed me. And, you know, just, and, and that could have turned out quite differently had I not been able to connect with him. Because I think if people do have an issue, you want to make sure that there's no roadblocks to them at least getting their information to you. I mean, just the other day, there was something that happened. I incorrectly clicked a button, so it was driven by me. But the business was pretty much, it was the company that we spoke to earlier, um, 
contacted me and the issue, which was driven by me, my mistake, was corrected within five, ten minutes. And wow. it was so streamlined and yes. validates, you know, that I, yes, I made this great decision to, to go across to that company. All of the things we need to track and monitor, don't we? Consistently, yeah. it is front-facing staff or uh, online. Yes, and it's that frictionless, it's that frictionless purchase. And you know, we used to see that. You know, at the moment, at, at this point in time, your business may provide a service or a product to all six generations, going from pre-veterans down to alphas. And for many, then in the workforce, you know, there's are there are businesses that employ four generations. So we're going to be thinking about what sort of service. Are they looking for is it a little bit slower, a little bit more detailed? Is that is the trust an element? Is that I'd like to make all the choices? The Zeds who want that frictionless, you know, just get me in and press the button and bing, it arrives. A bit like you were saying, Anne Marie, you know, press the button. Oh, it's there. It's just a miracle. Forget about the money; it's just come out of your bank account. But it's <laughs> it's there. But that that frictionless, even though it was certainly. Um, a, an, an aspect of Gen Z who are really focused on we just want to be able to press and then it arrives. All of us now that are online, have experienced online shopping, are experiencing that same thought process that we don't want any issues. And if the business, like you've said there, Man Marie, can actually find out that, oh, something's missing or something's just not right here. And instead of waiting for the customer then to complain, well, where is my product? You promised it would be here in three days. Now it's seven days. You've they've taken the initiative and fixed it right from the start. So not right. only will you re return as a customer, but you're going to recommend, aren't you? And that's oh, what absolutely. is. And I think, you know, it, it's a great reminder that you mentioned about the different uh, generations because I know uh, my husband is always about ringing. Now, if I've been doing a lot of interviews and speaking with people because I am an introvert, I won't ring, I'll text or message. And my husband often says, don't message, just ring. And I think, well, no, because for me, getting a random phone call, I mean, obviously it's different in business, but if, if we're talking to our children in, in they don't want phone calls. They want messages. You know, don't ring them message. And so it's interesting. So I think as businesses, we want to make sure that our communication into our business and how we respond caters for a number of different and preferences for for who you know um, we're dealing with. And and that can be that can be to get that set up um, can be challenging. You know, if it's very different to what you would do as uh, and appreciate, but it's important, I think, too. And that beautiful segues into the last uh, piece that you wanted to talk about, about handling constant change while oh. still being consistent. And it's interesting because change is always going to be around us, but what our customers are looking for and our team members is consistency. You know, the, the number one complaint around the world when you ask people about customer service, whether it's internal or external, is lack of consistency. But when these external factors are churning and making us change and, and, and you know, sometimes, you know, on the hop trying to work out what are we going to do next, we need to have this pattern of certainty of consistency. And when I talk about consistency, even though things may be changing about 
how you purchase or how you collect or how to be delivered. What has to be consistent is your message, the message that you will be providing this exceptional service. You are able to provide this product or this service, but this is how you're going to be able to deliver it. So that's consistency in your branding, consistency in the way that not only you speak to your customers, but how your whole team speaks to your customers. So that comes back to my very first point about you know, the actions and behaviours that you're modelling as a leader. But it's really important to show them that that consistency is, you're like that lifeline because they always know no matter what's going to happen, no matter what all the changes are going on, I can go to Anne-Marie and I know I'm going to get X, Y, Z. I know if I go to Michelle, she's got she's got X, Y, Z. I know if I go to that shop, she's going to have. So that's where that consistency is and that's what makes that very strong connection because it's a connection between the heart and the head is that consistency with between you and your customers and your team members because they want to know that the, the fears are allayed because you're being consistent in the way that you show up the model, the actions that you're modelling in your business, but also the consistency that you have with your customers, then your team feel safe. Yeah. Makes so much sense because, you know, if I think back to some of the environments that I worked in many, many years ago or even uh, observed with some of the businesses that I have had a relationship with and obviously are dealing with, it's when there was no real um, consistency there and that's because the business hadn't taken the time to document what are our standards. How do we approach our customers? And it seemed to change on a whim depending on what the leader said. And that confused the team. And there's nothing more um, debilitating, if that's the right word, but for, for a team that doesn't know what are the expectations? What, do, what are the standards that we need to abide by and follow? So if a business hasn't even documented those, then that really is a first port of call, isn't it? What are those consistent aspects that you want to get? What are the absolute, these are the must-haves. These are the deal breakers if, if our business, whoever's de developing this or, or delivering the service, these are the deal breakers for us and our team. We have to have those in place, don't we? Look, we do because it's the your vision and the values that you have in the business. If you allow your team and your customers to self-interpret them, then, it, you know, there is that lack of consistency. There's nobody knowing, well, what am I doing? What happens if this issue happens? What happens if this customer asks for this product? And also the standards of service, and that's where I created a number of years ago for my clients, is what I call the non-negotiable service standards. So it doesn't matter what generations are interacting between the team members or the generations between the customer and the team member, these non-negotiable service standards, how they are written and then how they are supported by the leadership team are absolutely critical to ensure that there is that consistency. And, you know, the other day, Anne-Marie, I was on a program all day helping businesses that have been in business for quite a while. And the biggest thing that I could see from person to person I spoke to was lack of systems and processes. And some of these you know, people had seven or eight different shops and retail outlets and I'm thinking, 
oh my goodness and their biggest issue was well you should have done this years ago and i know you know i've just been um, launching my second momentum which is just for startups and that's why i say you've got to get these systems and processes down because once time goes on it's not saying that you can't but it is so much easier to do them at the start and as you go then going back and then having to do it all again i mean of course you have to update them because that's you know you've got to be consistent with what's happening maybe you might have changed um you know the area that you're working with the demographic that you're you're servicing all those sorts of things but it has to be consistent because you're right there's nothing worse when you're dealing with different staff members that aren't delivering the same experience and promise yeah, and when we hear about um, organisations such as McDonald's and some of those mm-hmm. other um, uh, institutions or well, businesses that have franchised well, they yes. live and breathe by their formulas, by the product, you know, the the processes, the systems, mm-hmm. and it is that system, the systems and processes that work so well that have allowed them to multiply themselves. It's all about that checklist. You can go anywhere in the world and your hamburger from McDonald's will basically be the same. And I don't know if you remember when McDonald's, not long after they came to Australia, there used to be an ad on television and it was uh, the Big Mac and it used to tell you how they built the Big Mac. You know, it was a bit of a song, you know, to all beef patties, pickles. And literally it was the checklist. That's what the song was. It was the checklist. And I know, you know, for my clients and, you know, whether it's the hospitality industry or retail stores or even small businesses, what's that, what's that checklist that you have to have in the morning? What's that checklist that you have to close on in the afternoon? And it doesn't matter who's there. Um, it could be a checklist how to answer the telephone, checklist how to do filing, whatever it is, how to pack the package. Everybody knows what it is and therefore it's consistent. Yeah. And there's, yeah. No, there's no ifs or buts. There's no issues when it comes to somebody going, oh, well, I thought I could do it this way. No, this is what the non-negotiable service standard is. Yeah. It's as simple as that. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> That's right. Oh, look, I have absolutely loved today's conversation and I know that we have only just scratched the surface. There is so much more to that. But what I'm going to do is get you to uh, to share how people can connect with you, find out more, a little bit more about your services, maybe even get, share a little bit about the work that you do and then how people can connect with you, Michelle. Oh, look, I appreciate that. Thank you, Anne-Marie. So my website is michellepasco.com. Com. Uh, the emails michelle at michellepasco.com but you know what i have delivered over the last 27 years in business is research through my own proprietary software which is the mystery shopping program which can be you know hundreds and hundreds of pages where we look at every operational part of your business and standards and service and image and marketing as well as the training for the leadership teams uh, the multi-generational workforce and also your customer experience they are the strong foundations of my business and so i have a three online courses one is second momentum which is for startups purely startups to make sure that they've got all the nuts and bolts there the customer retention revolution is for people that are already in a business and they're looking at how do we attract and how do we engage and how do we retain our customers both internal and external and the other is middle management movement which is for those people that are on the front line when they start moving up into managerial roles which i love that that middle management because they're going from somebody's buddy to now somebody's 
boss and they're all online but i also deliver them face to face particularly the the middle management movement but online they're accessible to to anybody so i love it and yeah i do speaking lots of other things but anything i can help people with please connect and yeah if i can be of assistance to you when it comes to about that amazing customer experience both for internal and external in the multi-generational workplace i'm the go-to girl i've done a lot of study on it over the years and i love it <laughs> Yeah. What I love about those multi-generational workforces uh, is that uh, the team, there's so much to learn from one another, isn't it? From, from oh. the young team, for the mentors, for people that are a little bit older than them and vice versa. The young people can really um, mentor the older ones in some of the, the things that um, they've been brought up with, like the technology and things like that. So we can learn a lot from each other, I think. And uh, Oh, definitely yeah. we can. And, you know, the more conversations that you can have and the more understanding you have of each generation then the stronger connection there is in the workplace and you know I have had the privilege of you know in one small room having you know a, a young chap who was 18 and a lady who was 81 who'd been in for the same venue for over 40 years and all the other generations in between and what they learned from each other was just absolutely beautiful and we could do that with our customers as well we all can learn from each other and and work harmoniously together if we understand what our beliefs and values are that makes yeah. it such a beautiful place to work in yeah fantastic well look thanks once again for coming on the show michelle loved the conversation and i know uh, others who've had the opportunity to listen to watch or even the recording will certainly benefit from it as well thank you for the coming on the show Perfect. Thank you, Emery, and I wish you and all your listeners all the very best. Thanks, Michelle. You've been listening to Business Women Australia podcast. Want to become part of a dynamic collective of women who are passionate about business success and personal growth? Go to businesswomenaustralia.com.au forward slash membership to apply. That's businesswomenaustralia.com.au forward slash membership.